This podcast may include adult content. Welcome to Bound Off, a literary audio broadcast. In this edition, we have two stories. Heroin, Mother, Memory by Sarah Black and Love Begins and Ends by Laura Bottomley. Bound Off is always looking for great stories. Visit our website at boundoff.com to find our submission guidelines. While there, check out our news blog. You can also find links to us on Facebook and MySpace. Next month, we're participating in the Forecast 42 project. Shia Scanlon is serializing his novel, titled Forecast, chapter by chapter, across 42 different web journals and blogs. He'll be reading a chapter for our next podcast, and you can catch up on previous chapters by visiting shiascanlon.com forward slash forecast. Heroin, Mother, Memory. Written by Sarah Black. Read by Kelly Shriver. Listening time, 2 minutes, 23 seconds. Heroin, Mother, Memory by Sarah Black His memory was fracturing like crystal under a boot heel. It's an unfortunate diagnosis, she said, leaning toward him, touching his shoulder with tentative fingers. I am so sorry. It's like heroin, he thought, but he didn't say it. A tiny bite of pain, lost in anticipation. The fog rolled in, his brain thick and wet. Then nothing. Soft as a mouse's belly fur. He remembered the fog, warm liquid joy sliding through his blood. But this was different. Now he had the shakes, his arms and hands in some rictus twitch he couldn't control, strange splinters of memory, and he was watching it all from a long way away. She put the clipboard down. Your mother died of Huntington's. Have you been expecting this? There were a few shards of memory left reflecting the light. A woman, very young, black hair over one shoulder, the smell of tropical flowers, and the air tasted like salt. Mexico, maybe. He remembered the smell of a motorcycle on hot asphalt, the blast of heat in his face on that road up through the Badlands, bringing brown heroin into Texas. Later, he wouldn't remember her, that woman from the clinic, not her face or her name, only dark eyes full of dread floating somewhere in his memory. He stared at himself in the bathroom mirror, the gray in his beard, hard eyes, wondering what he would think of his face when he didn't recognize it. He'd been clean for a year, staying down at the mission. They used him as an object lesson for the young boys. Look at that old junky shake. Even a hard case like that can get clean after thirty years on the needle. He was supposed to see a social worker next, something about a house where he could stay when he wasn't safe. It felt like there was a wolf raging down in his chest. He had a picture of his mother trapped in his head, dirty bare feet, lost in her own backyard, her housecoat buttoned up wrong. He remembered his mother. He remembered a woman with black hair. He remembered heroin. The End Sarah Black is a flash fiction writer and the publisher of Bannock Street Books, a micropress that publishes illustrated flash fiction and street art. Love Begins and Ends, written by Laura Bottomley, read by Ann Rushton.
Listing time, 9 minutes and 30 seconds. Ida Morgan was retired. She lived in a terraced house on the edge of a busy town. Her only son, Niall, and his wife, Claire, had recently moved into the guest bedroom. Each morning, Ida walked to the newsagent on the corner, while Niall left for his job in Boyd's timber yard, and Claire drew herself a bath. One morning, Ida paused to browse in the newsagents. The old man behind the counter smiled at her. She bought some vitamin pills for Claire and some cans of tuna for Kipper, along with the newspaper and milk. She returned home and led herself in through the back door. Ida made coffee. She found Claire in the sitting room. The curtains were drawn, and the television was showing a daytime chat show. Claire was drinking pink-colored milk. Her feet were resting on the far arm of the settee. She held the remote control in her hand. Ida settled herself in the armchair and watched the screen. It blared with advertisements and theme music. Claire gazed at it. Ida blew on her coffee. Specks of granule continued to float on the light brown surface. Ida fished them out with the back of her spoon and scraped them onto the gilt saucer edge. How did you sleep? Better, I think. Thanks. Good. That's really great. Claire excused herself, and Ida heard her climb the stairs. Ida heard the phone ring. She picked it up. She and Claire said hello at the same time. There was a pause. Ida, could you put the phone down, please? Ida replaced the receiver. She heard Claire laugh. Ida scrubbed the potatoes at the sink. She heard the front door slam and called out. Niall appeared at the kitchen door. He crossed the room and kissed her on the cheek, drew back a chair at the table, and sat down. Sawdust fell from his boiler suit. He placed his yellow helmet onto the table, but Ida looked at him and he put it on the floor. Kipper jumped onto the table and nuzzled Niall's arm. Did you have a good day? They're cutting back again. Dave's on the dole. Can you believe it? Did you speak to Tony? Jared is standing in for him. He isn't optimistic. None of them are. Would you like gravy tonight? Only if you do. That's all right. Niall pushed Kipper away. Ida made gravy. If you want to change, you've got a few minutes. Fine. Niall came down with wet hair and a clean pair of jeans on. Claire appeared, flung her arms around him, and kissed him on the neck. They sat down. Ida placed lamb chops in front of them. She sat down with her own plate and the gravy boat. I bought something for you today. Claire looked up from her meal and watched Ida blankly. I'll fetch them. Ida opened the leather handbag on the spare chair and pulled out the bottle of vitamin pills, handing them over the table to Claire. Claire took them and said thank you. She put them next to her placemat and continued to eat. Niall rubbed Claire's arm and smiled at his mother. The next morning was bitterly cold. Ida walked to the newsagent, her coat buttoned up fully, and a homemade scarf tied under her chin. She bought a newspaper and a new jar of gravy granules, one from the back of the shelf, and walked home. She let herself in through the back door of the house and pushed the button on the kettle. She took down her cup and saucer from the cupboard and prepared it for a cup of coffee.
The bottle of vitamins stood on the counter. She could hear the television. Claire walked into the kitchen. She put the kettle on and sat down. Steam immediately rushed from the spout of the kettle. Did you sleep well? Yes, I did. Thanks. Good. I was wondering whether you would like to come to a film with me one night. Would you like it? Just the two of us. Is that something you'd enjoy? Oh, said Claire. Maybe. That'll be nice, then. I'll see what's on. Yes. I'm going for a bath, Claire said. Okay, dear. Ida was washing her cup when she heard a cry. Ida pulled her hands out of the water. The cry came again, softer. Ida went to the door and looked out. Kipper was not there. It sounded again. Ida went into the hall. She heard the extractor fan whirring in the bathroom. She knocked. Come in, Claire said through the door. Ida opened the door, but it would only go a few inches. There was something stopping it. Claire? The red blind was drawn, and the electric light glowed orange from above. It was reflected in the mirrored medicine cabinet. The bulky mass stopping the door moved, and Claire's face appeared at the gap. It was wet and blotchy in places. She shifted again, and the door moved jerkily. Ida knelt on the floor next to Claire. A metallic tang hit Ida's nose and throat. There was blood on the floor and on Claire's robe. Ida touched Claire's shoulder. Her face creased up. The lines on Claire's face became rigid, set, and her eyes were thin and aqueous. I didn't know, she said quietly to Ida, and then again, louder. Ida stroked Claire's shoulder and hair. She did not cry. She averted her gaze. The bathtub was full. The water was red. Do you think you could stand up, Claire? Claire nodded. Ida gripped her under her arms. They staggered into a standing position, but stumbled. Claire cried out. The two women landed awkwardly on the floor. They sat for a minute. Ida reached out, handed Claire a towel from the radiator, and left the room, saying she would be back soon. She stood in the hall, breathing. She fetched the telephone and a walking stick and re-entered the bathroom. This happened to me once, Ida said. They were leaning against the bath, their feet out. Ida's arm was clamped around Claire. Her face was close. She spoke in a whisper. Before your husband was born, I didn't think I would ever have him. I had two miscarriages. Claire sobbed. It happens more than you think, Ida said gently. I didn't even know. Know what, sweetheart, Ida asked. That there was a baby, I'm sorry. Ida pulled Claire closer. They'll be here soon, she said. When her son and his wife had left, and the looping blue light had faded into the noise of the traffic, Ida went into the bathroom. Nothing had changed except the removal of Claire. The orange still poured from the electric light. The fan whirred. The blind had not been drawn. The room screamed. Ida felt hot. She pulled the blind up, and white daylight cut through the color. She switched the light off. She pulled on a pair of yellow plastic gloves and reached into the bath. The redness gathered. 
threatening to surge into the gloves. I had to reach down further to grasp the plug chain. The white light of the day made the color stark. I had to search for the plug chain with her hand, quickly, urgently. She became hot. She grasped the metal beads and yanked them hard. The chain gave way, and an instant gurgle began. I had rested on the closed toilet lid. She peeled the wet gloves off. She threw them into the small bin in the corner of the bathroom. She watched the water get lower until there were only traces of red left at the bottom of the bath. They were pink, almost translucent. It was silent in the room. The white light was strong as a coursed, unhindered into the room. I had to turn the tap on. The water became hot very quickly. Steam rose. She took a cloth from the cupboard, knelt down, and began to wipe the curving sides of the bath. She cleaned it, bathed it like a great animal in pain. The water was hot and good. The steam met her face. She wiped the floor, too. Soon all the traces of the angry redness were no longer there. Ida opened the window and let the steam out. The water was gone. She collected the towels from the floor and left the room. The end. Laura Bottomley was born in 1985. She studies at Kingston University, London, on the Creative Writing MFA course. She has published poetry and fiction in the U.S. and U.K. and is currently putting the finishing touches to her first novel. She lives in London. Thanks for listening to this edition to Bound Off. Copyright Bound Off and the respective authors. All rights reserved. Visit our website at boundoff.com for information about our broadcasts and how to submit your stories.